Thank you guys for joining again to another podcast episode for our Parents' Journey Through Grief, One Day at a Time podcast. Today is very special because I have my sister in love, Angela, as a guest today. And we're just going to have conversation. Sister lost her only child, Irel, and I know it had definitely been a process. So we're just going to have conversation about what her process has been like and anything that she want to share. So sister, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. I cannot complain. So I've been anticipating this conversation because, again, we both have walked through um, this journey together, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, just to have the conversation, again, this platform is simply for parents who have lost their children and for us to have a safe place to talk about our process. Because what I realize throughout this journey that if you've never experienced it, you really don't know how we feel, right? And so I wanted to create a safe place for us as parents just to talk about our journey. Um, Everybody grief journey is different. Everybody process is different. And so I just believe that by sharing our journey and our process, it can potentially help somebody else along their journey. So let's get started, sister. Um, If you don't mind, tell me um, a little bit about um, Irel and, you know, how he passed away. Anything that you want to share? Again, this is a um, a safe haven. I didn't want it to be really scripted or anything like that. So we haven't talked before today about what we'll talk about. So I just want you to share whatever you'd like to share regarding your journey and losing your only son. Whoa. Well, I could tell you, sis, it has definitely been a journey and it still is a journey. Mm-hmm. Every day is a journey especially like you said when you lose your only your only is your everything so like real was my pumpkin I called him pumpkin every day (laughs) no matter how much he hated it no matter how much hair he grew he was still my pumpkin (laughs) period so um I lost Irel October 13th of 2018 that is when um God saw fit to take him from me. Um, I received the phone call October 10th from his dad. And he was really hysterical when he called me. And I was like, calm down, calm down. What's going on, Timmy? What's going on? And I real at the time, he lived in Madison, Wisconsin. And I myself lived in Chicago, all the way in Chicago Heights, 211th Street. So that's pretty far from where my son was. But after he graduated from high school, he saw fit to go down there and live with his dad. And I saw fit to let him go do that. So um, he went uh, down there and made a family of his own had a daughter and, you know, became a man. But the day that I lost him was the most traumatic day of my life, period. It it was like the breath was just taken out of me. So anyway, I received the phone call. I couldn't get to Madison, Wisconsin fast enough. I was not driving at the time. So I had to call my brother I called my brother to give me a ride there. And I was like, I need you to be in a jet, not a car. I need it to be a plane because I need to get that ASAP. Mm-hmm. Me, it took him too long. So I'm pacing the floor. I'm hysterical. I mean, you know, 
my head pounding as we driving there. He want to stop get some gas. Let's not get gas. Let's just go. <laughs> you know, let's just get there. I, I need to get there. So when I do arrive, it was the craziest thing because Irel was not even under Irel. He was under a John Doe. I want to say it was like uh, Michael Jordan or some weird, crazy name that was not his name. Mm -hmm. Why is he not Irish? I didn't understand that from the beginning. But then they put me directly in this room. What's the room about? Mm -hmm. All of the people in the Irish, um, grandma, his grandpa, his dad, you know, uh, the girlfriend at the time, Courtney, um, the baby, everybody was there. And so they actually let me go to the room first and see Irel, and then they took me to the room. So then um, the doctor and stuff came and they gave me like the spiel of what was going on. And we all had hope and they said, bring pictures and talk to them and rub them and, you know, do these things to, you know, try and bring all these things back. Because at this time, he's already went through um, getting his blood uh, done uh, as far as getting intoxications to, to taken out because what they said was it was some type of overdose, but they didn't exactly know what it was, mm -hmm. you know, because they were waiting on the blood work to come back. And I read through the autopsy report all the time because I have it right here in my purse. You know, this this is what was given to me afterwards and things like that. It's, it's a horrible thing to just lose a child, you know. Mm -hmm. And I hope that whatever I have to say could reach someone who has a child who is going through something and they're not talking about it. Because what happened was I found out my child wasn't talking. And I'm a quiet person, too, and I don't talk either. So that's the thing that you have to do. And we as Black people have to realize that us talking to somebody like a psychiatrist or a, you know, rehabilitation person, it don't mean anything because you're Black. It just means that you need to talk and outlive and let somebody listen to what you need to say to get that help or those words that can help you. So do that. But yeah, me losing my son was like, it, it, it still hurt every day, every, every, every day. But I was blessed with a granddaughter. She's four. I love her so much. I have her every weekend and she's my pride and joy. So, you know, I get to talk to Irel. I think we went to see him twice this week. So, you know, it, it, every day is just a struggle. But the things, I didn't know that my son was going through things that he went through. And even though we were so close, like I remember times when Irel was a child and he started going through puberty, Irel would bring me his and just pull it out and be like, mom, what is this? And I would be like, no, don't show that to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, we was that close because he wanted me to see everything and I wanted him to know everything. So he made me who I am. We grew together. Mm -hmm. You know, I was I was 19 when I had Irel. That's pretty young. Yeah. That's, that's not old, you know, that's a young mom. Mm -hmm. but, you know, to just share my story and to let you know to talk to your kids all the time. Even though Irel was sheltered with love, he came from love period. Mm -hmm. At the greatest grandma, greatest granddaddy, 
his daddy may have not been the best, but he came from me. I had two great brothers, a great mom. I mean, we a great family, you know? And it's just where you let your kids, they have to grow up and you can't shelter them all the time because you as the adult have to have a job and you have to provide. So you can't be that 24 do, 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 do. And, and you got the ass in the back of your head just because you're an adult, but that don't mean you always got the ass to take a village. I promise you it take a village. So if you can use those ads of other people, please do. Please do. That's real good. So thank you for sharing that. Again, this, this conversation is so near and dear to my heart. Um, we're going to go a little deeper. So you did say that um, the cause of death was um, for due to a drug overdose? Yes, ma'am. They called it an accidental death. But we all know that it was drugs in his system that I had never even heard of in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Irel had puncture wounds in his arm. And us as African-Americans, I'm not shooting nothing in me. I don't even want to get a shot. So let's know putting a needle in there to get a high. You study chasing a high that you ain't gonna never get. Mm-hmm. Now, how what what were you aware of the drug? This is so wow. We 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 being very transparent and open and honest today, um, because one thing that I always say, and I don't think me and you ever had this conversation, but I'll never forget when Romaine when I found out Romaine first smoked weed. It was a devastating time for me because that was one thing that I tried to shelter him from. And the reason being is because drug addiction literally ran in my family. And so although people are saying, even today, a lot of people like, you know, we don't hurt, we don't hurt, we don't hurt. But I believe it's so many drugs that they're putting on everything nowadays that it's just, man, our kids are running rapid, running crazy. They're not just smoking weed, what they're doing. And again, I've never done drugs a day in my life because one thing that I will say is growing up, um, my, my grandparents raised me and my mom was, um, uh, my mom was on drugs basically my whole life. Right. And so as a little girl, I always tried to figure out what's keeping my mom away from me. But as I began to get older and understand that drug addiction was nothing but a disease, and it's hard to say that people need to stop, it's hard to say that people shouldn't do it. Um, And I remember my mom having a conversation with um, me, and I'm sure she had this conversation with my other siblings as well. And she said that how she started using is when she was a teenager, she started with weed. And so even to this day from myself, my story is that I've never done drugs a day in my life. Not that I thought I was better than someone or anything. It was just a, a, a taught lesson for me. You know how some people say that bar lessons is better than taught lessons, taught lessons about, but the drug use was definitely a taught lesson. I saw that my mother couldn't be um, the greatest mother 
to her children because of the addiction. So uh, make a long story short, uh, I'll never forget when I first found out Romaine smoked weed. And at this moment, I didn't understand exactly how long, you know, he had been doing it, but he was so bold. And I guess whatever this that was in this weed, they didn't care. He was so bold to smoke it in the house and raise his window up in their room. And and one thing about my nose is so sensitive. So smoke, because I don't smoke, I'm just so sensitive. So I'll never forget Romaine. Um, he was start brushing his teeth in the middle of the day. And I'm like, boy, I have a hard time making sure you brush your teeth in the morning. So what's going on? Right. So I was one of those parents. I was very hands on. You know, I'm, I'm very nosy and all of that. But I'll never forget. Um, he was brushing his teeth. So I just went in his room and I began to smell the smoke. And sister, oh my God, it was like somebody took a knife and literally stabbed me in my heart because this very thing that I tried to protect my son had never seen me do any uh, drugs. He never seen me drink any alcohol because again, for me, addiction has rent in my family on both sides to an extent, right? So I never wanted to do it. And so when I found out and I was so hurt, I had a box fan in, in his room he had a box fan in his room. And when I tell you, I beat that kid so bad. My other kids was like, mom, mom. It was just like, I was so devastated. What? And I called my husband and I said, get home now. Cause I said, Romaine, what are you doing stuff from? And sister, he said, mama, I started smoking with Irene. Mm -hmm. And I called my husband and I said, I need you to get home right now. I was so angry. And again, this is so transparent, y'all. I told my husband that we are getting a divorce. These are the <laughs> words. I was so hurt because my baby had smoked some weed, y'all. I was devastated. I said, get home now. I don't care if you cutting ahead right now. Like I went ballistic. Now at this time, my mother is living with me and she's battling her addiction. So here I am. And because I had so much unconditional love for my mom, I went through the process with her. Mm -hmm. um, I allowed her to come and live with me when she, she was incarcerated. And when she got out of jail, um, I talked to her and she was like, you know, I want to change. I want something different. And I knew that my house was a safe haven. I knew that, you know, my husband and I, we, we didn't do any drugs at that. I just thought that it would be safe and something different for my mom to come to and, you know, just live a healthy life. And so she moved with me at this time. And even at this time, I didn't really understand the in-depth of addiction because in my head, my mom been gone for a few years, incarcerated. So when she get out, hey, she good. She not finna go back to that. But in this particular moment, when I found out that Romaine was getting high, my mom was living with us and she had fell off, as they call it. But mm -hmm. again, because of the love that I have for my mom and because it wasn't anything that was hindering our household, it, you know, she never 
brought it inside the house. You know, you, you get what I'm saying? Like it was just one of those, I'm just being a daughter, loving my mother unconditionally, right? And so at this moment, I just could not believe that my son had began to get high. And this is my story. This is my truth. I tell people all the time, everybody smoking weed because a lot of people, oh, it's from the, you know, but everybody brain process this stuff different. You understand what I'm saying? You don't know exactly what, you know, this person is smoking, this person is smoking. So it affects people differently. It does. And it so does. even into this day, my, my story is, has always been, I just do believe that if my son was not getting high, I believe that he could have had a little bit more of a chance. And what I mean by that is when Romaine was at home, okay, when I found that out, my husband came home, I'm like, we're getting a divorce. I can't believe I thought that, you know, you and your family was uh, the protector of my baby. I entrusted him to go over your mom's house. And, you know, and then that night I had a conviction and it was like God telling me, this is not your husband's fault. Mm -hmm. This is not your fault. Again, these kids have their own life journey that they have to take. And unfortunately, you cannot protect them from it. But I was very angry for a while because I'm like this very thing that I thought that I was protecting my son from, making sure that I'm not doing it in front of him. This is the very thing. So you know, it took me maybe a few days to even come to my husband, like, you know, I apologize. I'm just so hurt. How could this happen? And I said, Romaine, I thought you were a leader. I thought that you were a leader. He said, mama, I was just curious. Everybody yeah. was doing it. Yeah. You know, what, what you mm -hmm. that, and you saying that um, you had the struggle and you talked with your husband. Um, so I too had that struggle with God. Because um, even though I was, I am a smoker mm -hmm. and I was a smoker, not literally say in I real space, but when he started smoking weed, I was distraught as well. Mm -hmm. Even when he started having sex, I was distraught because I'm a parent. Mm -hmm. You distraught when your kids grow and you don't want them to process this at the age where you feel like they shouldn't be processing it. That's it, right? That's us. Feel what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so at that moment, I, you weren't ready. Mm -mm. I felt you weren't ready. Mm -hmm. You know, and that brings me back to my struggle with God. Mm -hmm. I blamed him so much for everything. Mm -hmm. Was it me? Did you not have me walk in your path the way that you said you would? I asked so many questions. Mm -hmm. I had so many doubts. Mm -hmm. I asked so much of what did I do wrong? Because mm -hmm. I had one son. Mm -hmm. People out here got 12 kids. Why you take my one? You could have took one of these. Mm -hmm. Why you take him before you took me? Mm -hmm. I would have took it better if I would have went first and then you took him. Mm -hmm. Why he go before I did? You know, so many questions, so many what ifs, or what if I would have did this, or could I have did that? What if I wouldn't have let him move to Wisconsin? What if, what if, what if? You know, yeah. you struggle with that what if. So don't process yourself about Romaine and him coming over to the Thomas household and that's where he learned to smoke weed at, because that ain't what he learned it at. 
he learned it from society, society itself. It's in the videos, it's in the rap music, it's in the everyday when people walking down the street, you see them. Pack this, pack that. Yes. But, and you know what? And you know what, sis? You said something. Words, but I mean, you know, no, you, you're you're on you're so on point because again. That's why I said that we're having this conversation because in the beginning, that was my process, right? But I knew, I knew that Romaine was in good care when he went to mama house. Like you get what I'm saying? It's just as a mother, when you, when you are, and again, these kids, you cannot handcuff them. You got to trust that whatever you instilled in them, that they'll hold it. But unfortunately, they have their own journey. They have their own experiences and we cannot shelter them from everything. What we could do is we can um, lead them in the right direction, give them those um, morals and those things that they need to grow into this world. But like you said, the key thing is, it wasn't that he definitely learned it from that. It was the, it's the society everywhere. I think about... I think about the, the videos and I think about the social media, everything. I think about growing up, I had one auntie that I can remember that smoked weed, right? And you know, back then they had joints, but my auntie was cool. She was mellow. All she wanted to do then sis, is just have us with snacks. You, she had munchies as we called them, right? So not that I thought that like, oh, the weed was the worst thing, but the weed that these kids are doing now, it's on a whole nother level. Although I've never smoked it, but they looking older. Yep. They're looking dragged out. Their skin is dark. It's just taking a toll on our kids. Different. It's so different. Yes. Like, Irel and Romaine both saw. Think about my auntie. Mm -hmm. my, the ones that we lost along the way. They were there. We all went on trips together. They were there. They, they saw. How did we lose them? We lost them from drugs. Why would you want to go do this? So when I found out Irel had needle marks in his arm, I was like, what? Yeah. Like, are you serious? Like, so now I want to go into, well, what was it? Mm -hmm. You know, I want you to dig that deep, mm -hmm. um, you know, biologist, man. Could you let me know, like, what was the drugs that he was actually doing? Mm -hmm. You know, so I, I found out it was heroin. Mm -hmm. The man did cocaine. He had so many things in his body which made his heart stop. Yeah. Like, are you serious? I read we are African-American people. And I'm not saying that African-American people don't do drugs. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying that you are African-American men who came from a strong African-American family, which we are a, a, a fairly mixed family because I'm not going to say we are African-American. Mm -hmm. We are fairly mixed. But just that we just don't do those things. Mm -hmm. yeah. So what made you do those things? And I'm I'm just confused because you never saw me do that. You saw me get a shot and I'd be like, oh my God, I hold my hand. Come on. Like I I I don't I no, not a needle. Yeah. Not not yeah, influence. I think that what happens is, like you said, like we were saying earlier, so it's this society that we live in. And, and I said this on the very first episode, 
The truth of the matter is, is this generation, some of them, and I'm not going to put, you know, you know, they're not strong enough they don't to survive it. Like they have no respect. They have no reverence. They have no fear. Think about. They shoot. Yes, they just they so that's that's what's so hard breaking because these kids, I, I I say this all the time. I can remember when Romaine and Irel was little and um they would play football. I had Irel, Romaine, and Ty. Them was my babies because I've always been one to just keep a safe haven for the kids. That's just, you know, I that's something that I've just always done. I always love the kids. I always never mind them coming over to the house because again, I know what's going on in my household. So it, I would think about how even growing up, them kids wasn't bad kids. Like, think about even, 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 even I real in his older age and, and Romaine, they were so respectful. Like, I never thought people be like, Romaine, they were so respectful. I was, you know, everybody who talks about Irel says how respectful he was. He was a yes ma'am because that's how I talk. I still say that right now to this day when I speak to you, you know, no matter if you are my senior or if you are my elder, I'm going to talk to you with respect and that everybody tells me that Irel was such a respectable young man he was so kind he would give me the shirt off his back you know x y and I remember when Irel used to come on and be like mom I got seven pair of gym shoes do you mind if I get this little boy my shoes because he got holes in it Irel go ahead if that's how you feel in your heart that's that's your truth even though you ain't got no job right now, and that was my money that bought those shoes, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. But it's the point. It's the heart. That he mm -hmm. had that heart. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he understood that he wasn't the only one in the world who needed things. He was kind to people. You mm -hmm. know, and, and yeah, that's that's so truthful. Very truthful. Yeah, I, I think, and again, for especially us, like we, you know, remain been around you guys since he was four years old. So, you know, we have so much history. And um, even that again, I, I'm still, even to this day, I, I'm very grateful because like you said, it's definitely a village, you know? When Romaine will run away and different things like that, he'll go over to y'all house. He would go over. And I just thank God for the village that my right. baby never had to be out on the streets. Although, you know, he was rebellious and wanted to run away from home. He knew that he can go to uh, Mama, Grandma Louise's house or Mama Barbara house. And you, you get what I'm saying? So that's one thing that I'm very grateful for that because it, it takes a village. Like we cannot do it on our own, even help raise our kids, especially in today's society, right? I, even now, and it's so crazy because how close Romaine and Irel was. And all I could think about was when Romaine passed away, Irel was so hurt because I knew the love that he had for his little cousin I'll never forget oh, it again uh, yeah that was his brother I'll never forget he said yeah mom when I was younger uh Xavier used to try to bully me and you know say stuff but I read was always there for me and I was like oh he was like man I read was always there for me I'll never forget when I real moved down there uh, to Wisconsin, Romaine ended up taking a tra a train down there, and I'm like, this boy taking trains. He took trains to Bloomington. I'm like, 
how did he get around like this? But I, I, again, he wanted to be around his cousin. Like you said, they were definitely like more like brothers growing up, even going to church together. I, I just think about how, because a lot of people, what I'm, what I'm hearing uh, when, when kids are out doing different things, you know, stealing cars and just doing different, oh, I hear a lot of people saying, well, where's the parents? Well, here are two parents that was very present, that was there for their children, that, you know, just we just didn't have handcuffs on them because again we have to work we had to make sure that you know we're doing different things and making sure that you know they they have the things that they need but we are two parents that I definitely know that was very present but our kids still took a different turn you know and so what would you say to parents is, um, and I know that we can talk so long and I'm, I'm sure we're going to come back for a second, a part two of this because it's so in-depth. And um, what would you say to parents that um, that may be battling and struggling like, man, my kid's going down the wrong path. What, what encouragement do you have for them? Well, my encouragement would be don't blame yourself. You know, please don't do that. But definitely try and figure out what it is that is wrong. You know, you can't as a parent figure out mentally because you're not a psychiatrist or anything like that, but you could figure out like X, Y, and Z. What could I do? Should I have them talk to the school psychiatrist? Should I have them talk to, you know, a psychiatrist outside or, or somebody? Like, let's, let's write down what's, what's, what the struggles are. You know, it could be a, num a number of things from school to home, but most things start in the house. Some start at school because it's a lot of bullying. It's a lot of, I don't dress like you. Mm -hmm. You know, you not up to the fashion. You ain't got red bottoms on. You ain't up to date. All those things mess with the kids mentally. You got to remember all those things are struggle. But definitely don't blame yourself. Yeah, I think that's good, sis. Um, yeah, definitely don't do that. Yeah, I think that's real good. Because again, like I said, today's episode is just simply me and my sister talking about our journey and losing our child. I never forget when um, I moved from Chicago to Naperville. Um, I took Romaine to see a psychiatrist. I took him to see an anger management because I said something's going on. One thing that I noticed was the mood changes when he wasn't high until when he was high. So um, I knew that it was a problem, you know, um, I knew that it was an issue. So as a parent, because again, I've never had to struggle with drugs because I've never done drugs before. And so um, if you've never been through it before, it's so easy for us to judge it. It's so easy for us to, you know, say what we shouldn't do. But again, everybody process is different. Everybody journey is different. But I wanted to, as a parent, one thing that Romaine told me, I'll never forget. He said, mom, you talk at me so much instead of talking to me. And that was so profound that that baby told me that, Angela. And even to this day, he's been gone five years. One thing that I'm very grateful for, 
I was able to correct that before my baby left here. And he will always tell me, mama, I love you so much. OG, you the realest, man, you the real MVP. It ain't nothing you did, mama. It ain't nothing you did, man. You gave me the best of everything, mama. You you didn't let me get Jordans when I wasn't doing good in school. Because he knew, like, we, I was just cut different. You know what I mean? So, you know, you, you you can't, you don't get rewarded when you're not doing what you, when you're not being an obedient child. I was just that parent. And, um, and, and before he left here, one thing that I know that me and my baby had such a great relationship, we were able to talk about anything. But as a parent, I had to get to that place because I was so always so angry at the decisions that he made. I would yell. I would just yell. I would be so angry. I would be cursing. I would be so full of rage. And that he will shut down on me. Yeah. yeah. And so one thing that I'm very grateful was I was able to correct that as a parent, because one thing we know is parenting don't come with no rule books. Yeah, and we're trying, you know, as we go, you, you know. And so one thing I'm so grateful that now, even with my other two children in the house, I'm so glad that I can talk to them and not talk at them because yeah. that's one thing that I learned from my baby Romaine. Mama, just talk to me, have a conversation. You don't have to yell every time, you know, it's a disagreement or I do something wrong, mama. I have to hit my head and get back up. So those are the life lessons that I've learned from my baby sis. So I'm glad that we were able to talk. Do you want to say anything throughout the, before we close out, we're going to come back and do a part two because we went deep, but we got even more deeper to go, right? <laughs> Any, it, it, even more ways to go deeper. So whatever you want to say, sis. I'll get way deeper than this. I, I would like to let people know that, you know, taking this role when you lose a child, it takes you do, through depression. It really does. Mm -hmm. And you got to fight. Yeah. Don't give up. I blame God for so many things, but you got to trust him. He got your vision. He got your best interest in heart. Oh I probably, I'm on a great path to great things. And it's not because, you know, I lost, I lost my only son. I lost the love of my life. Three months after that, I lost my best friend, which was my mom. Mm -hmm. So I think he gives his strongest soldiers the deepest battles. Yeah, sis. And, and you know what? And, and me talking to people has really put me on that path to success. So yeah. I'm going to say that. Yeah. Don't don't feel like depression has taken you out because it ain't over for you yet. Okay. It ain't. That's a good word, sis. Hey, sis, let me tell you something. You got me over here with chills because my sister said, listen, God toughest battle to his mm. toughest warriors. I love it, sis, because I believe that. A lot of people how are you so strong? And um, even with the first episode, I said that, you know, I didn't want to super spiritualize it. But the truth of the matter is, our story is, if yeah. it had not been for the Lord on our side, sis, we would have been crazy. Tell me. <laughs> it's just the truth of the matter. I'd be like, thank you for letting me put one leg on every day at a time. Come on, sis. <laughs> I woke up today. Thank you. Come I'm on. I'm telling you, people, they don't know. They better, they better, they don't know. 
That's right, sis. They better thank the man above. Our God is so good. And you know what? He take us through our journeys. But let me tell you something, sis. And he never told us that we won't go through nothing. But what God really said is, I will be there. I will never leave you nor forsake you. And even in your trying times, he's always there with us. That's where we find our strength. That's how we're able to keep going. And I know for myself, talking about my journey has definitely helped me on my healing process. And again, it's still a process and we're still going through it. But I tell you, with the help of God, we're here and we're able to have a conversation and talk about our journey. So, sis, thank you so much. Talking about it is a great thing. It's so many other parents out here who are going through the same thing we're going through, and you never really know it until you talk to people. Right. I'm, I have helped, and I'm not even going to say I helped them, but I've shared my story with so many people who are going through the same thing that I'm going through. You know, they may have not lost their son to a drug addiction or, you know, accidental death, but it was gun violence, or somebody choked them out, or they got hit by a cop. You, you, I, I hear so, I be like, oh my God, you know, let me embrace you with a hug. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a hug. Mm-hmm. You know, we can get through this together. I share my story, you share yours. That's right. So, you know, our niche for the podcast, our motto is let's heal together. And so I believe that as we are on this journey, us as parents, um, and I'm trying to get um, even men to come on and talk about their journey, because I know one thing about us as women, um, we're open and we're open to sharing, but a lot of men don't want to open and share their story. But I believe that their story and their journey will help somebody along the way. So my prayer is that more men will come on. I have so many conversations. I'm coming up with so many parents that have lost their children to different things, where the kids was murdered, where the kids OD'd. It's just so many different things. So I'm just really excited about this. We're going to come back and do part two. I just want you to know that I love you. I am walking this journey with you and we're going to heal together. So let's heal together. I love you, sis. I love you more. All right. Well, I'll talk to you later. Until next time, thank you guys again for joining another episode, our Parents Journey Through Grief, One Day at a Time podcast. Until next time, let's heal together.